Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is up to, under the terms of the collectively bargained policy, uh, it is solely the discretion of the commissioner to discipline a player under investigation after the conclusion of an investigation. Uh, at this point, uh, the White Sox options are the same as they have been throughout this process when Mike joined us, and that is to uh, respect the process and the investigation and let it play out. That is the club's only option. That's the White Sox stance, that it's their only option. That does not account for... We could DFA him and pay him to go away. They'd say, oh, well, they could sue us then for lost wages for another team. But I've been told that you can DFA a player for any reason you damn well please as long as you pay them their money. But I'm not even really advocating that they should do that, frankly. I just think that it's kind of weird to hide behind that. I think this is the day for hiding behind it. Yeah, I just just think it's because they don't want to do it. Because they want... Mike Clevenger to pitch for the White Sox this year, and he's going to pitch for the White Sox this year at this point. A telling moment from Rick Hahn earlier in the day where he said, I think we have a front end of the rotation arm who, because of some injuries and some concerns, is not being paid like one right now. They they think they made a great signing. Yeah. They rushed to make a great signing. They saw what they called immaturity issues, had no idea about this investigation, which... They're not supposed to know, but again, I was told that it was not exactly a well-kept secret. Yep, they, and, they say they make a, they made a calculated risk, which they have made before, Yeah, and that this particular time, some information has now come out, which has muddied the waters. So, this is obviously a tough way to start camp, but they have chosen to meet it head-on, kind of, and then hopefully put it behind them. We'll see how that goes, but... Mike Clevenger met the assembled media and uh, speaks and I haven't heard this yet. So let's listen together and we'll see how it went. I want to start off by saying I'm excited to be here, excited for the opportunity to be with the White Sox. This was a place that I, you know, chose, wanted to be at. And uh, pretty disappointed we have to start off this way. I mean, this is pretty devastating to me and my family. And I know I feel terrible for my teammates having to answer questions for you, having to ask them a bunch of questions about this. Um... I, I trust the process that MLB, I really do. And I think there's a reason I'm sitting here in front of you today. And I'm uh, just asking everyone to wait before they rush to judgment. So wait till the, the actual facts are out there. 
wait till there's actual evidence and then make your decision on who you think I am. But I'll just really appreciate just a, a little bit of, you know, just just wait for there's, there to be actual evidence before you start making judgments and stuff. This is about my children that I care more about than even this game. Like Considering Dan all the- Miller from ABC7, how have you managed your emotions through all of this, knowing that you'd be here and having to do all of this as you prepare for a season? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult, but I mean, it's, uh, again, it's my job. It's, uh, I'm sure you have bad days and you still have to come sit here in front of me and ask me questions, so it's the same thing. Mike, Kumar Cole from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Rick Hahn mentioned that you addressed the team uh, mm-hmm. this morning. Uh, what, can you share what you said? And, and, um, I just kind of, uh, I'm going to keep it in the clubhouse, talking in the clubhouse, but it was, I just want to share my sentiment to them that I, how bad I felt that this was how I was starting out. This is how they were meeting me for a lot of these guys that don't know me. And I didn't want their first day at camp to be ask, answering questions about this nonsense. You confident you'll be fully exonerated? I'm confident. I am. You're, any idea on a timeline from? from I, I have no idea. Yep. Were you offered an opportunity to either stay home or go on administrative leave? And if so, did you consider that at all? No, that wasn't even a thing. It was never a, a thing. That didn't even come up in no. Uh, did you, you know, when you were talking to the White Sox, did you consider at all disclosing to them that you were under investigation? Uh, this was going on for seven months. I didn't even know it was still it was still going on. To be honest, uh, I know obviously you have a history with you know teammates with Trevor Bauer. Have you spoken to him at all? I'm not. This is about me and the White Sox. I'm gonna leave. I'm not touching on any of the Bauer stuff. I'm not associated with that. One of the, uh, you know, in one of the Instagram posts, one of your your, your accuser. Uh, posted that uh, somebody saying that you had told her beforehand that Bauer, that you knew of a woman that Bauer was beating and raping. Uh, can you nev- say if that's true or not? I've never, I'm, I'm not going to talk about any of the Bauer stuff, and I've never said that. <laughs> yeah. You thought the investigation was over? I'm, I'm going to leave it. To, if you have more questions about baseball, I got I to gotta leave. I mean, I'm, I'm advised by MLB and my lawyers to wait till the investigation's over before I keep going on about the details. But, but when you said that you thought it was over, <clears throat> why did you think it was over if there was no... Because there was no... Uh, I'm going to wait. I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to talk about this in, uh, a sooner, uh, in the future date. I just can't. I can't talk about it right now. I'm just not, I'm not allowed to. How do you go about your business without this being a distraction? Clearly, it's an ongoing investigation. Mm-hmm. Here to play baseball. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's just mentality. It's just. It's you know, I gotta do it for. I gotta do it for my family. I gotta do it for me. I gotta do it for this team. I mean, uh, you know, they made. A, I made a promise to them. They made a promise to me. To you know, they're supporting me. They're so I'm gonna be here for this team, be here with these guys, and you know, the fan base, and you know, do this for my family. What was kind of your reaction initially when you first heard of the allegations? Was it surprising? Was it kind of shocking? Huh? How did you kind of respond? Yeah, I'm going to wait for these till later. I mean, we got baseball questions. I'm more than happy to talk about my mechanical changes I made in the offseason to get back to where I'm at. Yeah, I need, good luck, I need buddy. these questions. I'm, I'm about, but i got to wait for these. these are, are anything else about this investigation. Um, Steve Greenberg from the Sun-Times. This is it's not a baseball question. Do you, do, you, do you feel like you have anything things that you have to work on uh, in regard to your behavior? Uh, I mean, I would I would say all of it. It's a... It's all, all a growing game. I would say if anyone looks at themselves and don't think they can do better tomorrow, then they're not they're not being honest with themselves. Your uh, lawyer, among other comments, said the words that you did nothing wrong. Is that your position that you did nothing wrong? That is. That is.
I, I think he might have mentioned the, the incident in Chicago with the, the pizza thing. Yeah. Pizza party. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been mistakes. Yeah, uh, there's been mistakes in my past. Correct. You said you'd want to keep what you said to your teammates in the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. What have your teammates said to you? What are, what is kind of your interactions with them been uh, showing up here on the first day? Came. Um, I mean, uh, some of them came up and thanked me for for talking to them, and uh, you know, it's been pretty copacetic everywhere. I mean, it's been I know a few guys around here, and uh, the guys that know me, I think <laughs> they they know the truth. What you're going through right now, you know, being in this position, I mean, I'm sure it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, uncomfortable would be a good adjective for it. Uh, no, it's uh, embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. It's, uh, it's not who I am. And now I got to sit here in my first day and answer questions about it like I am one of those people. So it, it, it is devastating, but, you know, I'm here to answer to the bell and I'm excited to see when the facts come out. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Um, all right, so that was Mike Clevenger wearing a White Sox hat and uniform. He's there. He's throwing. He's talking to the media. He called it nonsense. He said he was waiting for the actual facts to come out. He believes he'll be fully exonerated. Says he didn't know this was still going on. That is ridiculous, right? Yeah, I mean, because this you, investigation you, started in the middle of last year and was never wrapped up. So, of course, it's still going on. Well, And you would think if you were being accused of such heinous things involving your children— and there, you knew that a formal investigation had been opened, curiosity would lead you to want to know that it was right. You don't just forget about it. Hey, like whatever happened to that allegation that I abused my kids and neglected them financially and threw tobacco on them? You, you, would, you would know whether that was still going on or whether it had closed. So that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, good strategy. Not talking about Trevor Bauer. You, you, don't, you don't want to be linked with that guy. So there's another part of those Instagram stories that his alleged accuser, Olivia Feinstead, put out today that, yeah, they were close, but apparently, according to Olivia, Trevor Bauer is someone who did make MLB aware of Mike Clevenger being a, a, a user of drugs, having a drug problem, okay. according to Olivia. Okay. So there's even more of a falling out there. Yeah. So, but, 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 yeah. God. Yeah. That's, that's ugly. And, but what, where I started losing the thread in that, and I don't know if anyone else is with me here, when he's like, I'm not allowed to talk about this. Dude, you spent the first three and a half minutes kind of talking about it. Mm -hmm. And he just got tired of talking about it. Right. But, but you're saying he was innocent. He was given a couple of little plug lines. He called it nonsense. He, called, he said his nonsense. I can't wait for the facts to come out. And then he's like, I'm not allowed to talk about it. You're, you're talking about it. That is, that is talk. And so a great job by St Steve Greenberg when he kind of chested up to the media and saying, uh, Steve Greenberg, sometimes this will not be a baseball question. Mm -hmm. And then going on. So great job by him. Steve, and Steve said, uh, do you have anything in your behavior that you need to work on? Yeah. The only thing that I thought was lacking and, and they got to it. A little. Uh, and I understand what the media probably felt, which was that he would just go back to the same line. Um, you know, when he said, I'm not allowed to talk about this. I'm not going to talk. I would have liked to just hear how he was confronted with some of the specifics. Because he was confronted with one of the specifics about the thing that he had allegedly said to someone uh, about, about, Bauer. about Bauer. Like, did you spit chewing tobacco on your child did you choke the mother of one of your children i would i would have liked and I, i'm sure he would have demurred and, and and not answered 
and said, I'm not going to talk about specifics of the investigation. Mm -hmm. But sometimes how people say no, pause, get angry, deny, whatever, can be revealing. So I I guess I would have liked a few more specifics there. Just for for a little Mm. backdrop on on what has been going on today for anybody who maybe is just kind of grasping this. Rick Hahn spoke for about 25 minutes about Mike Clevenger. That's Mike Clevenger right there. Also this morning, the woman that Shane referenced, the mother of one of his children, posted a brand new Instagram story alleging all sorts of things about Mike Clevenger. Mike is one of the worst dads I've ever met, and he's been this way for years with his other kids do, to I don't tolerate what their kid's mother will uh, excessive drug use, excessive cheating, excessive emotional abuse, driving the kids on acid, physical harm against myself and my child, but she does, end parenthetical. So she's throwing all that out there for one of his previous relationships, but he's she's now saying that he is an abuser in all forms. The investigation is still very much going on. The White Sox can allow him at spring training. That doesn't mean Mike is off the hook with MLB or that he didn't do do what I've said he has. She went on to say that she did not until about four months and several custody threats later. That's when she started turning in evidence and speaking to MLB investigators. This is his accuser, and she is airing 100% of her dirty laundry out there on the same day that Mike is there answering for it, and it's... Just an ugly, sordid mess that the White Sox have found themselves in today. Yeah, feel bad for the kids, right? At some point, they are going to be old enough to... Realize that these were their parents. And Google it, and it'll be out there, and there'll be some sordid he said, she said details, regardless of suspensions or separations or anything like that. You you do feel bad for kids that these details are going to be out there. And then you're like, Dad, did you drive me around on acid? Yeah, that's a tough question to answer. That's 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 a fun one to answer. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he'd say no. He probably would say no, or I'm waiting for the investigation to yeah. conclude. Probably Dad, I'm 30. Just answer. Me. Yeah, 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 come on. I'm on acid now. I can't answer you. Yeah. What what'd you guys think about the end where he said they know the truth when talking about his teammates, like players? It's it's a very strong union. Mm. Um. I'll be interested to hear, have we seen any quotes from any other players? No other players have spoken yet, as far as we know, in an official capacity. I'd be interested in knowing. Who's he referring to who knows him, either from Cleveland days or from San Diego days? Or maybe it goes deeper than that. If there are some some former Cleveland players on this roster that that are not coming to mind. I'm not not sure, but he is... And it doesn't. It doesn't have to be just guys that he played with. There could be guys that he trains with me in the offseason that he claims yeah, know him. Shares an yeah. agent with, of course, a neighbor in Tampa, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, but he, because um, this is kind of the first time that we've heard. We, we heard it from his lawyer, but now we hear it from him. Like he's denying all of this. See, yeah, man, there, there are more. So, are you saying she's making all of this up? There isn't a shred of truth to any of this. She's a pure fiction writer. Like, that's what you're saying? If you're saying that, there's not, that none of it is true. You I, said that, it's nonsense. That apparently is going to be his position. Yeah, well. Like this is all fiction from her. He said he wants us to wait until facts come out, but it's been going on for seven months, but he thought it was over. <sighs> so what facts are going to come out? 
that uh, the whole thing is so bizarre and ugly, man. It is so bizarre and so ugly, and the White Sox have wanted him a long time. Another detail that Rick Hahn dropped in this morning was that they looked into his availability in 2020 at the trade deadline after Clevenger and Zach Plesac had broken COVID protocol and lied to their team yeah. and endangered their team's um, competitive chances because of the lying and all of that, and had basically been sent down to the minors by their own team and eventually traded away a really good arm in the middle of a, of, of a pennant race at the deadline because Terry Francona and the Guardians, Indians at the time, were so disgusted. Rick Hahn looked into his availability then. Looked into the availability. So interested in Mike Clevenger for a long a, time. He likes him as a baseball likes player. Likes him as a baseball player. Looked into the maturity, and it wasn't too much for Rick Hahn then, and clearly everything that they had looked into was not too much for Rick Hahn now. If this D-bag is still on the opening day roster, I'm out as a White Sox fan. Screw this guy is a texter. Mm. I'm embarrassed as a Sox fan today. Embarrassed, so sad. Winning baseball games isn't worth this. Another texter. I don't mean to be cynical, but I have just never seen any evidence to support that. I, we didn't see it with the Bears and Ray McDonald. We didn't see it with the Cubs and Addison Russell or Araldis Chapman. We didn't see it with the Chiefs and Tyree Kill. Mm. We, we, we just we don't. Maybe that will be the case for you, sir or ma'am, on the text line. I'm not. I'm not calling you individually, uh, saying that you don't individually believe that. But on any sort of like real, impactful bottom line situation, we just know that sports fans, by and large, go to support a team because they want to. We root for laundry wins mm-hmm. and losses, and that's just kind of how it works. Just how it works, mm-hmm. and that's why this all keeps happening. Right. By the way, it may it may not be true for you, particularly anecdotally, Dexter, but uh, overall they bank on on the bottom line not being affected by these things. By the way, um, Cleveland, when they were forced to trade Mike Clevenger and everybody knew it, still got Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrill, Gabriel Arias, who's a top two prospect for them, catcher Austin Hedges and Owen Miller, all of those in the same trade for Mike Clevenger. That's just outrageous. It's a good organization. Is that Carter Hawkins there at the time? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, yes. Good job. That's, I mean, that's an unbelievable trade. <laughs> that's a slugger. Now I see why uh, the White Sox didn't acquire him in 2020. Because they didn't <laughs> have those yeah, it would cost well, That's good, at least get closure on that, that they did want to get better in 2020 because we were suspecting them maybe not so much. But uh-huh. they, just, they just couldn't afford it. They looked to. into it. They, they, they wanted the immature guy who just uh, lied to his team and broke the COVID protocols. They wanted that guy, but they didn't have Cal Quantrill and Josh Naylor to give away. You want to hear how Pedro Grafal handled it? Poor Pedro Grafal, man. He, he gets a scandal his first day on the job. Hey, welcome to work. Here you go, buddy. Let's hear the new White Sox manager deal with the crisis on his first day on the gig. We talked to Rick and we just talked to Mike about his situation. I know there's not a lot you can say about it, but how does that situation affect you and your planning and your staff and that kind of thing? Oh, not at all. I mean, we got we to gotta prepare for a major league baseball season. So, you know, for us, it's... it's making sure that we execute what we had planned for today, and I thought we did that. How do you make sure that he do- it doesn't become a distraction for both him and your team? I don't think it's going to be a distraction. You know, obviously he, he spoke to the club, and, you know, we'll leave that in there in the clubhouse. But, you know, we got some veteran players here that I think, you know, will do a good job, you know, handling any distraction that can come our way. You said you'd leave it in the clubhouse, what he said. What was the reaction? Was it a, what sort of... Uh vibe did you get from the guys after Mike's boat? I don't know the reaction that, that that they had. All I know is that they came out on the field and with high energy. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of repeating myself, but 
they executed the plan for today, which was, you know, the guys that were throwing did a nice job with their bullpens and the P PFPs, which is a big deal for me. You know, they went out there with high energy. Did you view it as important for, for Mike to address the team on the first day? Absolutely. It was important for him. It was important for the team, the organization. You know, of course, yeah. Are you planning going forward on, as far as uh, his presence on the team, as, as far as him being part of the rotation? From yeah, I mean, we, we signed him to be a part of the rotation. And he, he's here in camp, and, and, you know, he's working to, you know, to be a part of it, a big part of it. Do you have any contingency plan in case Mike is not available? Do you have to, like, use some of the other guys as possible starters down the road? Um, he's available right now. By any chance that he's not available, we'll, we'll discuss that as an organization and, and address it then. But uh, right now, you know, he's a part of this rotation and we're moving forward with it. It's pretty pretty simple for him. He's pitching, man. Yeah. Like, Shane, you said you're canceling your season tickets if he pitches. May as well cancel it, buddy. He's pitching. This thing's been going on seven months. He's there day one. Nightingale framed it the way he did. Rick and Grafal just talked about it the way they did. They're like, our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. He thought... the. This guy, this guy's claiming he thought the investigation was over. He's so convinced. He he, he is pitching. He, he, Grafol can't say anything else. No, I'm so not if, faulting if we, him. I, I know you're not, but like, if we feel like we know him at all as just a man, a guy with three daughters, oh, I'm sure there's no way he wants anything to do with Mike Clevenger. But here you go. Here's your job, and there's who yeah, they signed, and, part, and here you go. God, I'm just saying. Like, I, and you know what? He's, he, he's, he's been around. He's been around bad guys before, and worked them in. Not, not as a manager, obviously. This is his first gig, but I'm sure there's been some some, some bad dudes in Kansas City the last five years that uh, he's known about and uh, and had to work through and around. He's he's gonna. You just heard him there. You call, you called him a big part of the rotation. Yep. He's on the squad. I I don't say it flippantly, but I don't have any reason to believe that that's going to change. Mm -hmm. Why? Right? Why would you? I I don't think so. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, here they are. The, the bottom line is the MLB policy is designed for anonymity. The White Sox could have found out more. Some other teams knew more. Some media people knew more. They did not find out. Now they will, frankly, hide behind the anonymity that exists within the policy and they will talk about the excellence of the policy, and I don't think they will do that facetiously, but they will use that conveniently, and they will choose to move forward with them because they believe that he can help them as a pitcher, and they don't think it's going to hurt them overall that much. And the truth is that they're right about that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we'll obviously still follow it. They're banking on it going away from public consciousness and discussion, mm -hmm. and... They met it today, and they're hoping that by tomorrow or the next day, it's out of the news cycle. That's their plan, and you can expect to see Mike Clevenger at the back of the White Sox rotation, uh, assuming health, come opening day. Uh, you mentioned Carter Hawkins. The, the Cubs brass spoke today. They did. It was, uh, it was nice. Uh, I was a little, little different. I was watching it as I was uh, doing dishes this morning, just kind of kind of tuning in and and hearing a sense of uh, overall optimism and positivity, uh, which is you're more 
prone to hearing on day one of spring <laughs> yes, training. That's a more normal day one of pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah, yeah. Delusional optimism as opposed to delusional, oh, we think he's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the kind of delusion I'm here for. Yeah. All right, so let's see if they sell us on their optimism next on the score. You know, if I could do it over again, would I probably have ended that sentence earlier? I, I think I would have. What is that? Jed wanting to have ended a sentence earlier than he actually ended it. I can relate, but I forget what sentence he's referring That's to. That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, know. I know who was that was speaking, and I heard what he said. I didn't you know, know. If I could do it over again, would I probably have ended that sentence earlier? I, I think I would have. I mean, that's like the tagline of the show. That's <laughs> think, spectacular. Thinking of a lot of sentences that, uh, that yeah, could be the case. Absolutely. Danny, I've been so excited watching little short bursts of a video from both Cubs camp. Well, now it can be Sox camp, but it's mostly been Cubs camp where the position players have been there because they've been there a lot. Been there like the last three weeks, four weeks, all just kind of hanging out, to, making use of uh, the facility as you can. Yeah. And today was pitchers and catchers and Jed and Carter, but baseball is is in the air. It is happening in the Arizona sun. It is, and it's the uh, best shape of their life season. Yes. it's We're so proud of the offseason. We're very optimistic. Nobody's lost the game yet. No one's gotten hurt yet. Um one team has a controversy, but most are still controversy-free. Yes. Uh, Sunshines and balloons today. Yeah. So here's Jed Hoyer selling optimism. Let's see if we're buying. I think part of why I was so excited to get here and, 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 and to sort of get going this spring is um, I do love the group of guys we brought in. Um, they've won. Um, they're super hardworking guys. They are very supportive of each other. Um you know, as cliche as it is, a lot of good teammates. But I think that when you look at the reputation of the guys we brought in, they're all really good teammates. I expect they'll be supportive of each other. I think they'll help the young guys. And, um, you know, I do think that we have a, a chance to have a really um, a group that really comes together uh, exceptionally well. So I'm excited to, to watch us start that process. Noted analytic Jed Hoyer, who has talked about how he has grown to appreciate the humanity and the chemistry, is excited about this group of people. First and foremost, the people. When you add that in, Danny, to the fact that they're going to play what I think is going to be, at its basic level, a very aesthetically pleasing brand of ball, really good defense. Really good defense, really solid fundamentals. Pitchers who pitch quickly and try for bad contact, trusting their defense. That has a, It has a, a real good chance to be a satisfying early part of, uh, of this Cubs experience this year. Yeah, it should be a high floor situation right good defense up the middle I mean really good defense everywhere yeah I was gonna say who's the weakest defender oh man Hosmer is a great first baseman as you know apparently the defensive numbers don't love him as much recently but he was a great defensive first baseman and I certainly didn't watch him every day in San Diego but I've seen some things that suggest that Mm -hmm. his glove has, has dipped a little bit but yeah I mean so third base yeah and that'll probably be wisdom yeah, or morell. Or, or morell. So not not bad with morell. Mm-hmm. Uh, good athlete. So I, very good defense. They'll pitch to contact. It's the cynic in me. These sound like the things that people say when they don't have a lot of talent, when they don't have aces on the pitching staff, when they don't have forty home run guys in the <laughs> middle of the lineup. It's like we got 
We got good defense. We're gonna we play good fundamentals. Sure. We're, we're good teammates. We're good people. Hey man, they're counting on the likes of Justin Steele and Hayden Wesneski to be their swing and miss pitchers. Yeah. So they need those guys to be the swing and miss guys. They're counting on Bellinger getting back to being himself. They're counting on Seiya Suzuki having a full year. They're counting on, you know, they're counting on Trey Mancini being a good fit for Wrigley. You know, yeah, they're, they're counting on a lot of things that need to come together to coalesce to make them an over 500 team. But the, the high floor, I think, is absolutely right. Yeah, and so he continues to talk about his level of optimism, Jed Hoyer does, in the face of underwhelming Pakoda and Zips projections would have them in the uh, mid to high 70s. I was listening to him talk about Pakoda and Zips this morning. And I was like, oh, this sounds like our conversation from last week when I told you that I wasn't, um, you know, ab- applauding the arrival of the analytical tool. But here's Jed talking about it. I mean, listen, projections are, you know, they're, they have um, their methodologies. I think we've... Um, We've answered these questions before. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, there's definitely years, um, you know, that uh, the projections haven't haven't liked us or haven't liked us as much as we might. But, you know, ultimately our our job is to prove those wrong. You know, every single year there's going to be, um, you know, plus or minus ten wins on all the projection systems, and that has to be our goal: is to be a team that's that's you know plus ten or more, and that's what everyone's you know doing here, you know, working hard to do. So um, that's the that's the job. But ultimately, like you know. Who am I to question someone's methodology? You know, we have our internal projections. There's going to be, you know, 10 plus projection systems we'll look at. Um, some might like us, some might not, but it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> Ultimately, it's about, you know, can we, you know, beat those projections and then compete for a playoff, you know, spot all summer. So I love that it took him a while, but he eventually gets to, it doesn't really matter. Of course it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't really matter. Because they, they have I, 10 of them. They have 10 different ones. And, you know, they're going to have 10 different ones, a bunch of different math that other people use, and then their own proprietary math, and then also just kind of how they feel. And in the end, it doesn't matter. My question, though, is what do you think their proprietary projection thinks they're going to be this year? I don't know, but plus or minus 10 wins, which means they might be better or worse from a 10-win perspective, which is a tremendous amount. It's, an, it's a huge number of wins. Sure, but I'm just curious. I'm, I'm curious. That, that's your gray area. I No, of course, but I, I, I'm i curious. What, and sometimes teams outperform their their projections by 25 wins. Absolutely. Like, you know, and sometimes they underperform it significantly, of course, sure. for, for outlier examples. But I wonder... What is the what does Ivy say? I don't know. Does, 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 I, does Ivy think they're a seventy-eight win team, and then he's going to project and be like, "Ah, screw you, Pakota. <laughs> screw you, Ivy. Yeah. Screw my own proprietary <laughs> stuff." Yeah. I don't think he thinks he built a great team. I don't think that he thinks this no. is a great team. I think he thinks this is an improved team sure. that is still lacking in some key areas. And I think that it's completely on the table that they will sell off pieces again at the trade deadline if they're underwhelming, and it will feel like another year. Of the grow, and it, I know, I know, but it, it's completely on the table. But let me just say, he had me, and it doesn't really matter. Oh, good. I'm, gla- I'm glad that mattered That's to where you. he had me. You saw pictures, if you've been watching these videos, right? You've seen Seiya Suzuki. The neck is thick. He's jacked, man. Yeah, he is. I'm a little worried, though. Why? Well, because last time we talked about this and gushed over a player being all jacked up. It was Lucas Giolito. It was, it was Giolito. <laughs> And it went very poorly. Yeah, that's fair. So I don't want to. I mean, I know yeah. he's not a pitcher. That's good. Call Breaking by news you. on the score. Nailed. Say Suzuki not a pitcher. But I'm just saying. I see everybody on Cubby Internet gushing over how jacked he looks. I'm like, ah, eh, mm. feels like he's going to pull a hamstring in the first week of the season. Here's here's Jed Hoyer on Seiya Suzuki. 
Um, well, first of all, he looks great. I mean, he worked See? really hard all winter. You know, we were in communication with um, – with those guys all winter, we knew he was working hard, but it's fun to, to see him in person and, and realize that you know, he wasn't kidding about uh, coming in, you know, stronger. And, um, <clears throat> you know, he talked so much about what he learned from, from last year. You know, he talked about you, with you guys about, the, you know, about hitting fastballs. He talked about wearing down during the season and coming in stronger. And that's the transition we were talking about last year, you know, and I thought last year, um, you know, it was sort of a, you know, we talk about a three-part season. You know, he started off hot, slumped, and got hurt, and then and finished <clears throat> really strong. And I feel like, you know, he, I think he learned from each part of that. I think he learned that I can really compete at this level, um, that, um, you know, it, I can translate my Japanese performance here really well, but here are the things I need to do to do that. And, you know, it's as, um, some of it's as simple as diet, um, but also, you know, you know, working hard during the season, you know, you know, working on hitting different pitches. And I, I think so much he learned so much from last year. He took it into his work this winter, and hopefully, let's keep on improving and 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 keep on, you know, assimilating better and better. But um, I learned so much sort of talking to those guys over the course of the summer and hearing the things that were affecting him. And uh, I think going forward, if we have similar players, we can do an even better job of of helping with those things. So look, I think that if we were to track the draft position in a fantasy draft for all of the Cubs players and figure out at the end of fantasy draft season who was the most overdrafted, who reached, you know, who got reached for the hardest, that guy right there. Say it, Suzuki. Oh, man, because he's looking like that kind of guy. You're like, you know what? Third-round outfield flyer on Seiya Suzuki when maybe he's a sixth-round guy or a seventh-round guy. That, that's going to be the guy that Cub fans around the country reach for the most. I don't, And I might be one of them. I was going to say, you drafted Darnell Mooney in the third round of a football fantasy draft. So like, I was going to say, can you, can you make it the equivalent here? Because I don't, I don't play fantasy baseball. What I'm saying is you're um, going to reach on Seiya Suzuki. I'm probably going to reach on Seiya Suzuki. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of smarts. Now there's a lot more comfort. There's, uh, I like the demeanor. He's, a lot more defined bicep. He's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, I he mean, sure is. here we go. Yeah. I'm not going to be the guy reaching on Cody Bellinger, but I will reach on Seiya Suzuki. All right. That's a big thing because it worked so well for you on, on Darnell Mooney. Thanks you, for bringing that We up. all know you got a scout's eye for, for, the, for this sort of thing. Texter uh, says who's going to have more wins this season, Cubs or Sox? We get to actually have some Cubs Sox bets where it feels like kind of straight up? Oh, God, that's crazy. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. No, of course it shouldn't. where they are in their life cycles. I mean, the Sox are the favorite to have more wins, Absolutely. obviously. Absolutely, and and Vegas would say so. Yeah, Vegas would say so by four or five wins. You think it's just that, that many? Right, so was it, Vegas wasn't weren't the seventy six and a half for the Cubs? Is that right? It ranged seventy five and a half to seventy eight. Right, and I half. think Fanduel Zips had seventy. I mean, uh, not Fanduel Zips. Uh, uh, Fangraph Zips had seventy four for the White Sox in third place. Mm. But it ranged between like seventy four and eighty one out of the pr- projections that I saw. Fun. <laughs> I think they'll win 90. You think the White Sox win 90? I think they win 90. The Chicago yeah. White Sox. I think they regress to the mean and guys perform at least closer to how they should perform and they win 90 games. All right, this this year's version of the Chicago yes. White Sox. This crew, I think, can win 90 this games. This group. Yeah. I think that's what he's saying. Wow. I yeah, I don't, I don't know how many times you need me to say it, but I, I think just this crew many, could win 90. Just the, the amount of times I asked. I just needed it that many times. Wow. Interesting. So I got the Rivers app up here. It's got Cubs. 76 and a half, White Sox, 83 and a half. 
Mm. So that's White Sox by seven wins. You guys can check my math on that. I'm good, man. Right. I, I like that Yohan Moncada was there in camp today. Day, day one of position players' uh, options to arrive early, and there's Yohan Moncada. Good to see. Along with Andrew Vaughn. Doesn't yeah. he have to be because he's got to go to the World Baseball Classic? Well, there is that. Okay. It's actually the perfect vehicle to root for the Sox players without having to root for the White Sox, like all of them in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> Just everyone have fun. I mean, Team USA is stacked with Sox players. Yeah. PA's there. So that's a fun thing to do. But then once that's done, <laughs> not much fun after it's that. It's going to be a real adjustment for this show to have Tanny just completely angry and checked out on the White Sox and hating them. Well, <laughs> you guys asked during Crosstalk, like, what's it going to sound like? Are they going to boo Clevenger? And I worry, just talking to a bunch of my Sox fan friends, those people who would boo will not be in the park. Just not even going to go, huh? Yeah, that's what I worry. That's rough. Hey, okay. Tanny, we can just get to this last one. Carter um, Carter, Carter gave us a little, a little Hawkins. trade. Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Carter Hawkins. made that big trade, at least helped out with that big trade. I was going to say Carter Hawkins, and then for a moment I thought that was um, Dave Matthews' drummer. No, that's Carter Buford. Right. Hey, so, by the way, Dave Matthews tickets got a pair today at some point. He sucks, you're but welcome. we have a pair. You're, you're welcome. Client loves that. I just <laughs> true live nation, man. Oh my god, they, they really love that. So, please play the Carter Hawkins sounds. I mean, I think there's you can look at different buckets of, of spring training players. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? Different, different. That was the clip. That was it. He got. You just wanted to make me miss Trent Dilfer more. Spring training players. Where do you put him, Carter? I mean, I think there's – you can look at different buckets of, of spring training players. Damn buckets, right. That's buckets, our guy. Buckets. Buckets. Uh, we're going to evaluate the players. We're going to put them in certain value buckets. <laughs> All right, so is this just like a Mandela effect that we're just noticing people of power saying buckets more often because we experienced it with Dilfer? Maybe we got so excited about Dilfer's buckets because I, I, yeah, I remember bringing it up to him, like, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this. He's like, yeah, why don't we do buckets? And we got so excited, and he said buckets 14 times in that interview, the first time, something like that. I'd kill to hear him say it one more time. <laughs> yeah, I miss it so much. Uh, now when I hear other people say buckets, I get mad. I get sad. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. I don't that, want you to have that Pavlovian that, response. That did nothing for me with buckets. Carter Hawkins. <laughs> I just miss Trent Dilford talking about Justin Fields oh, being no. the guy so much. I thought it was good, and I was picturing the really big buckets out there at Sloan <laughs> Yeah, he's a full spring training player into a bucket. <laughs> a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, this bucket has a bunch of players. <laughs> Yosh Kawano still bringing those out for everyone? <laughs> hey guys, this is a weird drill. Just trust me on it. You guys get in that bucket. You guys get in the other one. Some fun Justin Fields audio coming up at 5 o'clock. We're back well before that, maybe to give you away some Dave Matthews tickets. Parkinson Spiegel. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Well, that and there's the name. Afternoons on the score. Well, we just got some interesting news here on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Olivia Feinstead is going to join the show. In eight minutes. This is the 24-year-old mother of Mike Clevenger's child, the um, the accuser um, in the MLB investigation who has been actively posting about Mike uh, as recently as this morning. Correct. So the alleged victim, the accuser, she has been actively posting, as you said, and she's going to come on and tell us her story. And I'm interested in how one of these investigations goes. How thorough is it? Did she hear from the White Sox at any point? I assume the answer to that is no. 
And I wonder if she's been advised to speak or not to speak on this. What she makes of the fact that he called her allegations nonsense and is just waiting for the facts to come out. So this will be interesting. We just found out two minutes ago. So we're finding out and reacting to the news just with you guys. But uh, Olivia Feinstead is going to join the show coming up in about seven minutes. So she had agreed to be named uh, first in the athletic on the 24th of January. And this was after she had disclosed the allegations in an Instagram story early the Tuesday morning of, of that week. So she has now not shied away from speaking publicly about this. And um, here she is about to come on the Parkinson's Beagle show on the score. Yes. Yeah, so this will be, you know, this will be interesting mm. on a, on a number of levels here because Rick Hahn said they couldn't do anything. The investigation's ongoing, but it's been going on for seven months. But then she came out and started talking about it publicly, which is what triggered the athletic report, right? That So the investigation was going. People didn't know about it publicly. Then she spoke. That's what the athletic report happened. So yeah. wonder what made her decide to, to speak and uh, how she feels about him getting $12 million to pitch. So she's been very uh, outspoken on Instagram and... We'll see how this we'll see how this goes because right now Mike Clevenger is apparently within good standing within the White Sox and Major League Baseball. Yes, with an open investigation, but eligible to pitch and be a part of the team. Yep, showed up uh, here today on the first day the pitchers and catchers could report in uniform and uh, did indeed speak to the media. A portion of that uh, we played for you uh, earlier in the day and played Rick Hahn talking about it and. Um, this is this is good work by by Shane Reardon, and yeah. we've debated about whether to do it, and it feels like the right thing to do, yeah, we'll, frankly. We'll hear her side of the story and uh, see what she has to say and see where she's at after hearing Mike Clevenger speak within the last couple of hours out in Arizona. So Olivia Feinstead, the mother of Mike Clevenger's child and his accuser in the ongoing domestic violence investigation with Major League Baseball, is going to join us next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.